This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much again for joining us as we continue our study through the compendium of the uh, uh, social doctrine of the church, a very important document in the life of the church in terms of understanding what a just society looks like. Appreciate you being with me on this journey. This is quite the journey we've been going through and uh, look forward to the rest of it. As things get uh, further along in this compendium, we'll actually be looking at more specific issues uh, related to like economic justice, just wages, uh, justice around uh, immigration, all kinds of things. But uh, we got to get these foundations built so that we understand where we're even headed. Uh, I hope you're having a good day today. It's uh, summertime, middle of July as I record these, and uh, beautiful weather here in the Pacific Northwest, and I hope it's going well where you are as well. The end of the uh, episode, you'll be given our email address. I hope you'll write me. I want to know how you're doing, maybe some issues you're dealing with, and maybe specific questions that you have and I'll even take some critiques from you as well. I don't mind. Uh, today we're covering, continuing to cover chapter three in the compendium. And we are uh, um, in part three of this. There's actually going to be one more part to this as we look at human rights uh, next week. But there's just too much to cover in this one chapter. We won't do this throughout the whole compendium. But this one's got so much important information. Chapter three does. I felt like it was really important to break it apart a little bit and really digest it. So today we're in part three. Uh, one of the very important uh, points that uh, is being discussed today from the compendium is a very necessary part of a just society that is being severely violated by today's social justice movements. I put social justice in quotes because I don't see a lot of our modern movements in the current day, especially as social justice, more like social disruption, social breaking apart, division, uh, and so on, but certainly not social justice. So this thing that we're going to be talking about today, uh, that's a very important part brought out by the Pontifical Council is a very necessary part of a just society. Uh, in fact, the just social justice movements we see around us, such as riots and protests or stuff, are actually, rather than being social justice movements, creating a greater injustice than the injustices they say that they are fighting against. So what's actually happening is if you're going to solve, uh, for example, the, the injustice of racism, they're actually creating more racism just in a different form to counter the past racism, which still creates injustice. So for example, and I won't give you examples day, but in, in 
in helping counter the racism against black people, they're now creating racism against white people. Well, that's still racism and it doesn't solve anything. You're still left with the problem. Uh, so you can't, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if you listen to a lot of his speeches, not just his famous speeches, I encourage you to 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 listen to a lot of his other lesser known speeches. He advocates not for injustice to counter injustice, but injustice just to be solved altogether for all people. But there's a very necessary part of a just society that is being violated today, and that is human freedom. And the Pontifical Council really spends some time and really hashes this out in a beautiful way in the Compendium is the need for human freedom. If there's going to be a just society, then it must be a free society. Uh, it cannot be controlled by systems and governments and so on. The Council discusses in this part uh, what they discuss we will be looking at today is the high privilege and great responsibility that each human has in freedom. God has created humans with a great amount of freedom. In fact, in the creative order, there's only one limit to our freedom as humans. As we see in the story of Adam and Eve, how God reveals to them the vast landscape of human freedom and the statement, you may eat from any tree. So when God places Adam in the garden, he you know, shows him the trees and all that says, Adam, you can eat from any tree in the garden. Now, Satan later comes along in the form of the serpent and says, wow, this is crazy. God's not allowing you to eat from any tree. Isn't that how we do it as humans? We totally twist everything. But God told Adam, you are free to eat from any of the trees in the garden. In other words, vast, that, that's a metaphor to show the vast landscape of freedom that we enjoy as human beings uh, but there is a limit to freedom where God says you may not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that one tree. So this shows that even in freedom as humans, we're still dependent on God. And we'll get more into this limit in a couple minutes. But let's talk about this. Why is freedom so important uh, when it comes to social justice? Freedom is of utmost importance in a just society, but it's important to know why that is. Now, before I show you some of those reasons, let's talk about the wrong reasons, false reasons. There are wrong motivations. That's such a thing. You know, I can do something that's good and appears good on the surface, but uh, it can also be the wrong motivation behind that, which kind of makes it null and void what I'm even doing. So, for example, if I'm feeding, serving the homeless, for example, and I'm doing it for the wrong motive that I may get a good feeling out of it or attention for doing it or somehow appease my conscience, then it's null and void, my act of goodness to the homeless, because it was for a selfish reason. Now, if I'm doing it because I, I love God, I want to to or I love that person, I want to lay down my life for them with no thought of anything coming back to me, that's a good reason. So even in freedom, we can desire freedom, which is good in itself, but we can desire it for all the wrong reasons. So for example, some will say, I want it, we should be free so we can pursue and live the American dream. Well, I'm sorry, that's a wrong reason. That's selfish. 
Another will say, well, I so we can accumulate vast wealth, people should be free to accumulate as much wealth for them and their families as possible. Well, sorry, no. And so others, maybe they say it or they just think it subconsciously, so I want to be free so that I'm not bothered by others. Okay, still not a good reason. But what, you know, what else can you think of? What are some uh, very... Um, unrighteous reasons, so to speak, uh, that people have for desiring and fighting for freedom. Let me know in the email. Now, some good reasons. Uh, the real reason why humans should be free and why society should be free, and this is what the Pontifical Council brings out, is so that humans are free to pursue their creator. Now, one of the good things in the U.S. Constitution is that it and, and Declaration of Independence is it states that that people should be free to practice religion without intrusion from the government, freedom of religion. So that means if you want to be Christian or Hindu or Buddhist, Mormon, uh, atheist even, yeah, so be it. That's a free society. People being allowed to pursue their creator, or maybe even if they don't believe there is one, that's fine. That's a good society because people are made to pursue God, the creator, and people should be free to do that without being told how to do it and, and so on. And I'll talk about some examples here in a moment of, of where that went really wrong on the opposite end of the spectrum. But people, the reason why we should fight for freedom is so people are free to pursue their creator. And this is why the isms are not good. For example, capitalism holds people hostage. It is not free. Capitalism holds people hostage to their lust for greed, power, and so on. Socialism holds people hostage to poverty and communism holds people hostage to the government. So in all these isms, people are held hostage, but free uh, humans must have freedom to know God. In fact, a human cannot know God and love God unless they do so spontaneously. And here's the other end of the spectrum I was talking about a moment ago, John Calvin. John Calvin was a Catholic priest in the 1500s who broke from the Catholic Church when Martin Luther decided to do so. And John Calvin became a Protestant, one of the Protestant reformers, and I use that word reformer loosely. And he went to Switzerland, created the city of Geneva, and made Geneva into the city of God, so to speak, where people by law were required to go to church on Sundays, could not work on Sundays, by law, all this other things. They had to live out Christian ideals by law. And John Calvin thinking himself to bring heaven on earth by doing that. That's a real problem for me because it does not give humans the opportunity to spontaneously know and love God. People uh, cannot know God or love God unless they do so spontaneously. Any pressure or any force against human freedom cannot create just results. Unless a person is free to know God, then they cannot truly know God. Or if a person 
uh, in society is not free to pursue justice, then they're not really being a just person creating a just society. So today's social justice movements, such as Black Lives Matters, Antifa, Proud Boys, and various movements that's out there, they're just wrong because they use violence in their language, thought, and action, and they seek to force people into their way of thinking. In fact, if you don't think the way they do, they shame you, cancel you, burn your house, burn your business, and destroy your life. This is the opposite of true justice. Unless people are free, now I'm going to say something here that is very radical, okay? I'm going to say something that I don't, I've never actually heard anybody else say, but it needs to be said because we're talking about freedom here. And this is going to sound racist to you, okay? So I'm just bracing you. The statement I'm about to say is going to sound racist, but it's actually not racist. As if you know from the various podcast episodes I've given, I'm definitely not racist. I Most of my friends are people of different cultures and nationalities. I'm definitely not racist. But what I'm going to say needs to be said because I'm tired, especially when it comes to, to the issue of racism, of people being forced into being uh, accepting of people of other cultures because that's not how you go about it. So with this said, unless people are free to hate other races, people of other races, then they are not free to truly love people of other races. If you're forcing people to accept and love people of other races and they fall in line and accept and love people, they're not really accepting and loving. They still hate them in their heart. They're just trying to not be destroyed by some thugs that think they can force everybody to do what they want them to do. So unless people are free to hate other people of other races, then they're not free to truly love people of other races. And see, to end racism, there has to be a change of the human heart, not a change of outward behavior, you see. Because Jesus says what's in the sight of a man, man is what comes out of that man. So if you see negative things coming out of a person, it's because there's negative things in their heart. Laws and pressure and canceling and destroying and burning down houses doesn't change the human heart. In fact, it probably makes that person hate people of other races even more because now they're being attacked. And so we have to create a society where people are free to not follow what people think they should be follow. For example, my children or, you know, God, let's take God, for example, I love God. Let's say I love God. And in a free society, I love God because I have chosen spontaneously to love God. Now, if I'm being forced like John Calvin sought to in Geneva, uh, if I'm being forced by law to go to church and do all these things, am I really loving God? No, because I'm being forced into it. But I haven't uh, had a change of heart. And so unless I'm free to not love God, then I'm not really free to love God. You see, it's the same way in relationships. In our relationships, you know, like a relationship between a man and a woman, if the man and women are manipulating each other into accepting and loving each other and using mind games, which we often do in relationships, then there's no real love between that couple. 
The only real love between that couple is if both of them are truly free to not be in that relationship. Once they're truly free to not be in that relationship, then they're actually truly free to be in the relationship. Now, I'm not advocating for a free for all society. I need to make that little caveat there. Little disclaimer. I'm not advocating for a free for all society with no healthy boundaries. But what I am saying is that we cannot force people into morality. Just can't happen. If somebody gets something uh, in their mind that they think everybody needs to agree to, you can force people all you want through laws and punishment. But if the person doesn't agree with you, then they just don't agree with you. And you need to accept that. Now, as we've talked about freedoms and in a truly just society, there is freedom for people to pursue their creator and freedom to live out in love towards each other or freedom not to with healthy boundaries. But there is a limit to freedom. We often, especially in America where I'm, I live, there's this strange idea that somehow freedom is unlimited and freedom is just, you know, do whatever I want whenever I want, but that's not how it works. Contrary to American thought, especially freedom does have a limit in that story of Adam and Eve in the Christian Bible, or at that point, the Jewish Bible in that story of Adam and Eve, God says you are free to eat from any tree, but not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God put one limit on human freedom. And what this means, you are free or you may not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It means that humans do not have the freedom to choose what is good and evil. God put a limit saying only God has the right to determine what is good and what is evil in creation. Humans have not been given permission by the creator to determine what is good and evil. Again, this is where modern social justice movements go wrong because they're trying to determine what is good and evil. That's what's wrong with the cancel culture and the politically correct crowd, because they're trying to determine what is good and what is evil and then forcing us to bend to their determination of good and evil. So if they say that the LGBT community is good, then we are all pressured to believe that that lifestyle is good. And if we don't, we're shamed, we're attacked, we're destroyed. Uh, Baker, uh, Baker, uh, Bakery here in, in Oregon got shut down because they wouldn't uh, serve a wedding cake to a lesbian couple. Well, what happened? They got fined. See, there's that thing. We, we are determining good and evil and you must bend to it or get destroyed. Or if they say abortion is good, then we're all forced or manipulated or pressured into agreeing with that. And if we don't, then we get destroyed. But you see, the creator determines what is good and what is evil in creation. The creation does not get to determine that. The creator determines it. Humans then have the freedom to choose the good without being forced to do so. So true freedom lies in the human ability to unite with good, with love towards God, love towards their neighbor and lo love towards themselves. So God has determined that it is good if I am in unity with God, 
I am in unity with my neighbor and I am in unity with myself and I can freely choose and, or I can freely choose not to be in that. Now, if I choose not to be in unity with God, my neighbor, myself, well, then I will become miserable and quite selfish and I'll start destroying people around me. But if I, but in a free society, I'm free to, to bend to that or to, to not bend, but rather to unite with the good and, and enjoy the blessings as a result, as a result. But freedom does not lie in being forced externally to adhere to false standards of good and evil. And if any movement is claiming to be the determiner of good and evil in a situation, I'm sorry, but they're not. And therefore it's a false standard. So because of all these movements, trying to determine what is good and evil, then what these movements, rather than being social justice movements, they actually become injustice movements. They are causing injustice by trying to force people into a false standard of living. Therefore, burning down homes, burning people's cars, canceling people, such as ostracizing them, uh, movie stars who speak against the norm, getting their their movie deals canceled, all these different ways people get, quote, canceled the, with those who do not agree with their determination of good and evil, that's unjust. You know, the Supreme Court justices have made a few decisions that some groups in America don't like recently. So what are these people doing? They're trying to destroy the lives of these Supreme Court justices. In other words, these groups are saying we have determined what is good and evil, and the Supreme Court justices has not come in line with that, therefore we must punish them. That's, that's false. That's just, that's wrong. So let's move on next to ask this question, what is freedom? If we're going to say a just society is a free society, then what is freedom? I'm going to read paragraph 138 in the compendium here in chapter three and unpack it a little bit because this is something you need to hear. In paragraph 138 of the compendium, it says, in the exercise of their freedom, men and women perform morally good acts that are constructive for the person and for society when they are obedient to truth, that is, when they do not presume to be the creators and absolute masters of truth or of ethical norms. So if people just stop pretending to be God, stop pretending that they are the creators of good and evil, if people just stop doing that and start cooperating with the good, then they become constructive towards others in society. You want to be a blessing to people around you? Do you, or do you want to be a curse to people around you? Well, if you want to be a blessing to those around you, then do so by stop being the determiner of good and evil. Therefore, stop judging others and start letting those around you have the freedom to be. So, for example, if I'm married and I judge my wife, what am I doing when I judge her? I'm saying, sweetheart, 
I am the determiner of good and evil. You have not come into alignment with my standard of good and evil. Therefore, I am judging you and punishing you by not talking to you. Does that make sense? But isn't that what we do? But if I say, look, my wife is created in God's image. God has determined good and evil. I'm giving her the freedom to mess up or the freedom to get it right, but I'm going to be a blessing to her no matter what. See, isn't that better? So instead of finding somebody, say somebody comes into our life who is white and they hate black people. Instead of saying, because you hate black people, get out of my life. I'm going to burn your home down. I'm going to destroy you and I'm going to gossip about you to everybody. Well, is that going to bring about justice? No, justice would, the goal of justice would be that that person would come to love people of other races. So I can accomplish that by accepting them as my friend saying, hey, I don't agree with your stance towards black people, but hey, let's be friends. And maybe through that friendship, they feel the freedom to be, and maybe they'll have a change of heart because love, my love for them prevailed and, and caused a change of heart in them. And by doing so, I'm being just in several ways. I'm being just to the black community by helping someone in the white community change their way. But the other thing is I'm helping that person by giving them the opportunity to change rather than by destroying them. If I destroy them, it's just going to cause them to go deeper into their hatred. Because we all know that when we're attacked, we tend to stand our ground even more when we get attacked rather than change our mind. Now, there's a very interesting pair <laughs> quote that I love in this chapter today. When I ran across this quote, I thought, wow, this is fascinating. That kind of blows my mind. It short circuits all the neurons in my brain. In paragraph 143, the, par the Pontifical Council makes the statement about freedom must be liberated. Freedom must be set free. I thought, well, that's weird. Okay. I never thought of it that way, but they're true. They're right. They're on to something here. Freedom must be liberated because we have become slaves by believing that we are quote free to do as we wish. You know, a person who's free to sleep with anyone they want is actually a slave to their own lust. A person who's free to drink as much as they want are actually a slave to their own addiction. You see, so they said freedom must be liberated. True freedom is exercise in conjunction with natural law. There is a thing called natural law in the universe and natural law comes with rewards and consequences. So those natural laws is uh, murder is wrong. And if you do murder somebody, it carries out not just governmental consequences, it carries out natural consequences. Um, fighting with somebody is not good. That's a natural law because what that means is it comes with its own set of consequences. Natural law means it doesn't take the government to correct me, but when I break a natural law, then it comes with its own consequences. So one of the natural laws is that there is a thing called gravity. And if I, uh, everything will always fall down. 
towards the earth because of gravity. So if I step off of a mountain or off of a cliff, I can expect to probably die. At the least become severely injured. Why? Because the government determined that? No. Because Black Lives Matters and Antifa and Proud Boys determined that? No. It's because it's a natural law. And if I break that natural law by stepping off the cliff, then there are natural consequences. And so it is with other things in society. If I burn down people's homes, if I destroy and cancel people, there's going to be natural consequences to that. And murder and, and others and so on. So true freedom is exercised in conjunction with natural law. Therefore, in that, when we work with natural law, freedom is being liberated. If we do not exercise freedom within the bounds of natural law, then we become slaves. And the truth is we are slaves to ourselves and our passions, but we are free when we are coming into full bloom within God and the creative order. So I wrote down some examples of what people say versus what is truth. People will talk about freedom of speech. I have the right to free speech. I like what G.K. Chesterton said. G.K. Chesterton said that just because we have a right to do something doesn't mean we are right in doing it. <laughs> that is so true. Freedom of speech. People talk about this incessantly. I have the right to free speech. Therefore, I can riot and I can protest and I can burn American flags. I can do all this stuff. But just because we have the right to it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So instead of freedom of speech, I wrote down a better way is freedom to bless others with our words. I mean, I have a right to cuss out my neighbor as loudly as I want. But what's better in the natural law is if I bless my neighbor with my words. So maybe we need to get away from this, quote, freedom of speech and start living in the freedom to bless others. Even if somebody is steeped in racism and I gently and lovingly guide them out of that, that's blessing them. Instead of calling them names and destroying them with my words, I bless them. Freedom to carry a gun. This is another one that people are just incessantly talking about because the Second Amendment of the United States, we have a right to bear arms. That doesn't mean you wear sleeveless shirts, okay? That means you have a right to carry a gun. And people talk about, I have a right to carry a gun. Okay, maybe you have the freedom to carry a gun, but what's a better freedom is to promote peace. Promote peace through love, not by shooting somebody, okay? Notice that Jesus Christ, when he was crucified, did not pull out his gun that he had the permit to carry. Instead, he submitted to God's will. The freedom to save my life. Now, I'm not saying it's, I don't want to get into the gun issue at the moment. I'm, and so I'm not speaking against carrying guns. There are crazy people in the world, and as we've learned in Texas, the mass shooting of the children there, someone should have had a gun on the scene and disabled the person who was trying to kill children. So, yeah, there's a time and a place. 
But it shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be on the freedom to promote peace. And then finally, the one I wrote down is freedom to save my life versus freedom to love my neighbor. So, yeah, think about those things. A just society is a free society without external pressure to conform to a false standard. A just society is a free society where everyone, especially the most vulnerable, the unborn, the disabled, all have the opportunity to come into full bloom within their creative purpose. And that is not where our society is right now, or most of the world's societies. One of my favorite movies of all times is The Shawshank Redemption. I'm sure you've probably seen it. If you haven't, you should. It's a great movie. It's got a lot of... It's just one of those profound movies with a profound message. And in The Shawshank Redemption, Red, who is played by Morgan Freeman, has a conversation with the guys in the yard one day about institutionalization. The guys were questioning, like, what do you mean by that? He said, look, these walls are funny. And that they make you depend on them. He says, when you first come into prison at the Shawshank prison is where they were located. He said, when we first come into prison, we hate these walls. And then after time, as time goes on, we get used to the walls. Enough time passes and we begin to depend on the walls. He said, that's what it means to be institutionalized. The false walls of modern society pressures us to depend on them thus stealing human freedom. Later in the movie, Red and Andy, his buddy, who's played by Tim Robbins, are sitting in the yard alone, lean, uh, the prison yard, that is, they're sitting in the prison yard alone, leaned against a wall talking about freedom and hope. Andy says in a famous line, get busy living or get busy dying. Freedom lived out in the creative order gives us the opportunity to get busy living. Being forced into uh, false standards of good and evil causes us to get busy dying. Humans are made free by God. If we want to get busy living, then we must, we must create a society where everyone has the free opportunity to spontaneously live in the creative order without external pressure. I encourage you to promote uh, true freedom and a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis, a common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.